Hello, everybody. Uh, my name's Finn. I'm one of the youth here, and I'm going to be preaching on Romans 8, verses 18 to 19, which are, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. I don't know about you, but I find myself doing stuff subconsciously the whole time. And the worst one lately, uh, I was coming back from a walk, uh, I was going home, uh, and I was completely in my own world, bit of a confession to make, not paying attention at all to the road. And I realized uh, about three quarters of the way across the road that I was signaling as if I was on a bike as I crossed the road. <laughs> so there I was, looking like a wally, uh, and then I sort of played it off and tried to stretch and make it look like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> but I was so caught up in my own thoughts that I lost perspective and failed to look at the bigger picture. And it's so easy for us to do that in our lives as well. We get so focused on our earthly situations and pleasures and sufferings that we lose sight of the bigger picture of our eternal life with God and this glory that will be revealed to us. The question is, why do we struggle so much to live for the future and see that bigger picture? Even if deep down we resolutely believe in our eternal life with Christ, it's difficult to have that image at the forefront of our minds because it's difficult to visualize what heaven will be like. At face value, earth feels very certain and definite. We're gonna live for 80 odd years and then we're gonna die. It's all in a world we know. But on the other hand, heaven feels like a mystery. But if we scratch a little deeper, earth throws us curveballs every day and is completely unpredictable. But heaven is both beautifully predictable and predictably beautiful. There doesn't need to be any uncertainty, because even if we don't know exactly what heaven will entail, God has promised us that it will be a paradise matchless to anything else on earth. In the final Narnia book, The Last Battle, C.S. Lewis describes it as the great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. It's a secure thing for us to both look forward to in the good times and lean on in the bad times. And that's the same encouragement Paul gives to the Romans. The trials and tribulations we face in this world are so far set apart and completely incomparable to the glory that will be revealed to us. Paul's not saying our troubles here are insignificant, but that they just pale in comparison to God's glory. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Paul could just say that our present sufferings are insignificant compared to God's glory, but he actually goes even further to say that they're not even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. But it's not the glory that will be revealed to us, it's the glory that will be revealed in us. Like the nerdy person that I am, I did ancient Greek for GCSE, <laughs> which is yet to work as a chat-up line, but I can read bits of the New Testament. <laughs> and in this passage, God's glory isn't only revealed to us, but in us. The word in Greece is ace, which means into. This isn't a glory that just gets revealed to us that we watch from a distance and say, wow, that looks cool. It's not a fireworks display. It's a glory that comes into us and fills us up like no earthly experience or feeling can. This is something that we should be eagerly expecting, as it says in verse 19, 
or eagerly longing for in the English Standard Version. But most of the time, if you ask me what I'm eagerly longing for, I'd say my next meal. <laughs> Maybe you're eagerly longing for me to shut up so you can go to the pub after the service. Maybe you're eagerly longing for money, or good grades, or a relationship. What are you living for now? Our eyes are so fixed on the 80-odd years we spend here on Earth, but we need to shift our perspective to be living our lives for the wonderful eternity we spend with Jesus. And that can be really difficult when the struggles of this world overwhelm us, but God calls us to persevere. This verse is addressed to the children of God, and as children of God, we're told in 2 Timothy that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. We are going to face opposition because of our faith. And it might seem strange that we as children of God should have to suffer, but that's exactly what God's child Jesus did. And in the same way that his suffering brought about glory, so ours does too. We're called to persevere through the suffering we endure because of our faith and live for Jesus and proclaim his good news no matter the opposition we face. A few months ago, I was about to lead my first 815 service. And as I was coming into the church, I saw someone from my school, from my house room, um, who'd just been at the 6 p.m. service. So this was someone I knew reasonably well, but I had no idea she went to church. And my first thought was, I've seen you and chatted with you almost every day for nine months. How did I not know you're a Christian? And my second thought was, I've seen you and chatted with you almost every day for nine months. How did you not know I was a Christian? And I realized that I was getting so caught up in trying to fit in at school with others around me that I was losing sight of the bigger picture of my life with Jesus as a whole as he calls us to talk to others about him. I want to leave you with two thoughts. Firstly, an encouragement. If you're struggling and feeling overwhelmed by the suffering that this world can bring, I want you to know that Jesus sees it, he's felt it on the cross, and he's also eagerly longing for the time when you join him in heaven. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and on the eternal future we have with him, not on these present sufferings. Secondly, I want to challenge you that maybe despite having regular routines of prayer and worship, you're focused on your everyday life here on earth, not in heaven. And I want to encourage you to take a step back to look at the bigger picture of your life with God as a whole.